Casting from mondays.pwop.com, it's Mondays with your host, Carl Franklin. This is Jeff Maciolik, here in the studio with Carl, Richard Campbell, Karen Greenwald, and Mark Miller, announcing show number 18. Great. Just when you thought you'd never hear another amazing tale of poo... Mondays is produced by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.plop.com. And now the man, Mangina, oh, oh, that's another segment, my bad, Carl Franklin. (laughs) Yeah. 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 How's everybody doing this fine evening? Yeah. Well, yeah. uh, this is Carl Frank, and I'm here for Mondays with my usual band of geeks, Karen Greenwald. How are you? <laughs> Great. Am I a, in your band of geeks? You are, whether wow. you like it or not. Is this, has this become by association? Here I am? Absolutely. Excellent. And uh, Richard Campbell, who is usually in Vancouver, British Columbia, but for some reason he is not. Where the hell are you, Richard? I'm in Mississauga, Ontario, just like New Jersey, only without the accent. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? New Jersey. Uh, I'm not New Jersey. I'm in Ontario. I know, but wh- why is it like New Jersey? Well, there's just a big highway running through it and a bunch of row housing and like six exits and nothing else. <laughs> but of course, this is where Microsoft Canada is. Uh, Nobody actually lives here, I think. So did you have a nice time at dinner? Uh, it was an adventure. You know, pack of Canadian RDs is always a strange thing. We went to Ruth Chris, which is actually uh. an American restaurant. And so I got a mediocre steak and a couple of pretty good martinis. You got a mediocre mm. steak at Ruth's Chris? I'm a bit of a steak snob, what can I tell you? Well, I mean, that's a pretty pretty hop and happening place for a steak. Yeah, well, I paid a lot for it, but it doesn't mean it was a great steak. Oh, okay. Richard, was this did you go through the drive-thru of, Ruth, of Ruth's Chris? <laughs> or was it was this a sit down? Yeah, I got the McFillet. Cuz sometimes when you go through this drive-thru, <laughs> like you order like a number 3 quarter pounder, Right? Yeah, combo with the asparagus. <laughs> Sometimes I mess up your order. Do you know you can get a $2,000 martini in Vegas? I bet you can. You can get just about a $2,000 anything in Vegas. It comes with a blowjob, right? <laughs> yeah. Some of them have breasts. Oh, ah. maybe, it's this, maybe it was a euphemism. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark Miller in Hollywood, how are you doing today, man? Well, I'm a little bit irritated, Carl. Why is that? Well, yeah, I think it's because my wife, you know, she's, she, I think she's threatened by my synaptic prowess. I mean, I mean, you know, when it comes to ingenuity, I, I like to think I'm a pretty, pretty smart guy, right? Yeah, it's true. You know, when it comes to, uh, you are known as the MacGyver of the programming world, that's for sure. Well, anyway, earlier today, I was getting our kids ready to go swimming, and, you know, I couldn't find those little floaty armband things to keep your kids' heads above the water. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The ones those you little, usually put on our ankles? Those are, yeah, the little <laughs> round blow-up donut things. No, I didn't put them on the ankle. Anyway, I couldn't find them. 
okay? I'm not some sort of sick fuck, okay? So anyway, I'm like, I can't find him. And then I work out what I think is a suitable, really creative solution. But then my wife, she's clearly, clearly threatened by my technical prowess. She starts squawking at me. (laughs) Oh, man. And, you know, I can't understand. I don't have no idea what she's talking about. I mean, I mean, you know what it's like, Carl. You're married, right? I mean, it sounds sure. like, you know. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I'm sure I sound like that, too, sometimes. And then she starts in again with the bubble wrap and duct tape is not a life-saving device. <laughs> like, do I need this again? Do I need this, honey? Okay? Just lay off, okay? You can't take the genius, all right? So just back off. Scientists at work. Anyway, she made me unwrap the kids before I took them swimming. (laughs) So I'm a little irritated. A little pissed off. Easy there, bubble wrap boy. Easy. Well, now it's time for a little segment we like to call The Week in Geek, where I bring you the news stories from the geek world. You know, with our own special twist, of course. Story number one. Beer. The new brain food. The Register reported last week that a Swedish team has shown that mice fed with moderate amounts of alcohol grew nerve cells in the brain. Scientist Stefan Brenne told the BBC that, and I quote, We believe the increased production of new nerve cells during moderate alcohol consumption can be important for the development of alcohol addiction and other long-term effects of alcohol in the brain, end quote. Brené then fell down unconscious and woke the next morning with a wicked-ass hangover. Yeah. <laughs> wicked-ass. 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 Story number two, Trump versus Chump. Last week, President Bush and Donald Trump were both vying for primetime spots at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Trump for his apprentice show and the president for live coverage of his press conference. And there was apparently some backroom squabbling between the two camps. Vice President Cheney spat some major venom at the Donald. Sources inside the White House distinctly heard the words, big douchebag with bad hair, (laughs) leave Cheney's lips. Who was he referring to, Carl? But not before Trump's people said Cheney was nothing more than a, quote, lucky-ass dipshit suck-up who should be slapped repeatedly, end quote. Carl, <laughs> well, you know, you should consider editing out some of the bad language. I mean, I'm pretty offended by what you just read. Me, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I about the kids. I'm offended too, but that's just because I thought he was talking about me for a little while. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I was going, how did how did Cheney know about know about <laughs> Jeff? How is that possible? <laughs> Story number three: bandwidth is skin deep. Technology Review reported last week that this month, NNT Labs, the research and development wing of Nippon Telegraph and Telephone Corporation, plans to start conducting field trials for a radical new human area networking technology called Red Tactin that uses naturally occurring electrical fields of human skin to transmit data. True story. The slim PCM-CIA-based Red Tactin transceiver combines an optical receiver circuit equipped with a super-sensitive photonic electrical field sensor and a crystal to transmit data over the surface of the human body at up to 10 megabits per second between wearable devices. Monday's correspondent Mark Miller spoke with senior scientist Igor Schmeckel at NNT Labs last Thursday, and they had this interaction. Okay, Mr. Uh, Schmeckel, uh, just how does this rate? Schmeckel! Right, Mr. Smeckle, how does this uh, red tacked on skin network thing of yours work? 
Well, basically, you've got photons, which are, uh, you know, photons are, don't you? Um, you know what? Why don't you uh, refresh the memory of our listeners? All right. Well, a photon is the quantum of electromagnetic energy regarded as a discrete particle <laughs> having zero mass, no electrical charge, and... Uh, uh yeah... Light yeah. particles. They're friggin' light particles, all right? <laughs> right, right. Pieces of light. Right. Got it. So these photonic sensors sit in your skin and using the electrical fields in the skin, a crystal sensor, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, Morse code like data stream down your arm or across your chest from, say, an iPod or a spot watch. So, uh, so this, is like watch. A, this is basically you've invented the telegraph then, right? No, it's not a freaking telegraph. Did I say it was a telegraph? <laughs> well, well, no, but you just said that the, the crystal sent this this da 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 Morse code like data stream thing out. So like, it? I didn't say it was Morse code. I was just trying to put it in terms that ordinary schmuck such as your mundane audience there could understand. Okay, so if I'm, let me ask you this: if I'm taking a crap, could my watch somehow sense that through my skin and then like automatically record dimensions and weight? in a database used by my new poopy tracking software? <laughs> Try to use your brain. That would be impossible. <laughs> of course, if we tweak the transfabulator down a few little rats, <laughs> we might just be able to measure the size of your little food, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Smegma. I appreciate your uh, time in, with the interview today. Smeckle! Jesus! Get it right! Mom, keep this man away from my office and all physical and electronic forms. Oh, oh man, Carl, you know, there's oh. something about that guy saying the word food, baby, that really warms my heart. Man. I love it. I didn't get past the word nippon, actually. I was talking up there. All right. Story number four. Opportunity knocks, pings, rolls over, and dies. NASA's Opportunity Mars rover has run into a sandy snag. All of its six wheels have sunk in deep into a large ripple of soil. Rover operators are optimistic they can extricate the robot from its jam, having gotten dug in before. But ground controllers will need time to wheel back on top of the soil again. Dr. Bunsen Honeydew from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory has this to say. <laughs> Here at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, my assistant Beaker and I have been busy tracking the Opportunity rover using the latest in Microsoft.net remoting technology. Beaker, what is the rover doing now? Well, Beaker, there's no need to swear. I'm sure that if you just get the right config file settings, you'll be able to reestablish contact on the correct port. No, you're using the correct version. What the fuck is going on? Maybe you just have to use camel casing. Me, 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 Well, I'm afraid my assistant Beaker has abandoned the project. He said he was going to a Linux convention. Back to you, Carl. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that is The Week in Geek. That was great, man. Thank you. <laughs> the hell was that? Time for Karen Greenwald, our Monday's film, connection film reviewing uh, super agent. Tell us what she's been doing this week. Karen, what's up? Well, I'm sorry to say, it's 
the end of Connection Film Reviews. Oh. Maybe in the future if you're very good, but it's over. It's the end of an era. Uh. This is just like marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Get a little, then it dies. (laughs) This is like just the week after marriage, you get this speech from the chick. This this sucks, man. (laughs) I hope you get it more than four times, though, in your... But what up? I get this speech every weekend, practically, man. <laughs> it's the end of an era. So what do, what do you have but in although, its place? I have to say, Jeff apparently reached that decision some time ago, but t- decided to brood about it silently before ever saying anything. But it's okay. Ah, mm, Your okay. disapproving grunts are totally clear. Mm, um, yeah, mm, exactly. Mm, Not vague Jeff at all. No like. Jeff's in a bad mood. I know. He's surly. I was trying to tweak him. Back in the sound room. <laughs> I don't think you should attack Jeff like that. I mean, I think it's honorable to practice abstinence. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's only regret in practicing abstinence is it's not by choice. Involuntary abstinence <laughs> is never the good way to go. So what you got, Karen? Okay. Well, I'm, I am keeping my theme song, although even now it's not really girl on film. It's, it's just girl. On. Girl. <laughs> it's just girl. Now it's girl. time for girl. It's part of the girl. Yeah, you know, because that's really... That's what I do. Um, But anyway, this week, it's girl a little bit pissed off at some ridiculous stuff in the news. Um, Because the other night, Chris Matthews on Hardball was saying that um, the American public is tired of rising gas prices and having to spend $50 to $60 on filling up their tanks. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. who the hell is spending $50 to $60 filling up their tanks? (laughs) I drive a station wagon that comfortably seats my family of five and my dog. I can camp out of it for, for two weeks and it costs me $22 to fill it up. Mm. So the question is, how the fuck big does your car need to be? It is not, a, it's a car. It's not a living room and you don't need to transport half of your belongings <laughs> with you at all times. Use it to get from one place to another. It's not to watch movies or to dine. We're one step away from having big ass RVs be our next family cars. Because <laughs> if, if gas prices don't do drop, then you're going to see like double wides being hauled down the street to go to Home Depot. We, I have a double wide. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah. We'll use it as your family car. We yeah. settle for nothing less than a full-size sofa in the back seat and then we bitch because yeah, filling it they, up. They're pretty well sticking to double wides being the size of their ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. It's a proportionate thing. You know, you bitch about filling it up with non-renewable fossil fuels because it leaves you with no cash to buy like an even bigger car the next time. Mm. And moms, I'm a mom, but moms are the biggest and worst offenders because the second they have an eight-pound baby, they feel like they need to buy a 5,000-pound Lincoln Navigator because they want to keep their baby safe. And everyone's got to do it. So you have like a four-foot-two mom driving behind this vehicle that they can't see over the dashboard of without a booster seat. And, you know, that's really – that's totally safe. Totally nailed it. That's totally, totally – that's very safe. Your baby feels great about that. And even if they don't go for the monster <laughs> truck, they feel like they need to buy a mid-sized SUV, which has less space than a golf hatchback. But you don't have to bend in to the car seat because <laughs> screw the energy crisis. Bending down is really the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out with my friend the other day, and she puts my stroller in the back of her enormous GMC truck. And as, as I'm considering like doing a couple laps around the back of her truck with the stroller, she said, <laughs> You don't even have to collapse it. Isn't that so much easier? Oh, yeah. That is so much easier than actually caring about the effects of all that exhaust on the environment. 
And it is so worth the additional $3,800 a year you spend in gas because the convenience of not having to collapse my stroller is huge. <laughs> Pushing two buttons at the same time and actually folding the thing in half was just about the death of me. Lazy fuck. Yeah. What, what, what is the other appeal of driving these big rigs? Does it make you sexier? Because let me tell you, stepping out of a PDD Cadillac Escalade is not going to make you any more attractive. But you know what might? Walking your ass from the far end of the parking lot <laughs> instead of spending 20 bucks in gas to circle around looking for a closer space. <laughs> and men who buy big trucks for no good reason are so pathetic. I mean, how small does your dick have to be to prompt you to go out and buy a Hummer? A vehicle which is the size of my first apartment and is so ridiculously oversized that it actually doesn't fit in the painted lines allowed for it? You know, gas prices are supposed to be going up. Non-renewable, no more of it. We we all need it. You don't you don't have to be you know have your MBA to realize that the prices are going to go up. So raise the prices, quit your whining, whining, and take a freaking walk. Just like marriage. Exactly. <laughs> Just like fucking marriage, man. It goes from quit all the sex talk to to get your double white ass out of the house. You know. <laughs> Raise the prices. That's that's all about that. No, there's one more thing in the news that um, I'm having trouble with because we're in Connecticut and which is now in the news for allowing gay marriage. And I guess I'm just having a really hard time putting my head around the idea that people are actually spending time and energy protesting this. Mm. Because how could anyone possibly be upset? By this, I find it more upsetting when couples with matching mullets get married. And if you're going (laughs) to If you're going to ban anything, ban that for the love of God. So I was trying to think of instances in which I would get upset about gay marriage. And I thought that maybe if they were actually performing the ceremony in my backyard on a day when I was trying to do yard work and I had to like weed around the justice of the peace or something, or they were trying to consummate the marriage in my kitchen and I had to dodge, you know, different kinds of limbs to get the spoon to my mouth, you know, that might warrant a letter to my state representative. Or maybe if gay marriage could be forced on you and I found myself in a commitment to an ugly lesbian, then I could see being a little upset. But as it is, are you fucking kidding me? If you don't approve of gay marriage, don't get married to someone of the same sex. And if you really don't approve, when you go to a gay wedding, don't buy off the restoration hardware registry for men or the EMS registry for women. (laughs) But give up a Saturday to stand with a little sign and a picture of boy plus girl equals set of rings. Please, get over it. Find something real to bitch about, like automobile pollution or gas prices. Yeah, really? Yeah. That's that's all you said. That's girl. That's girl for the week. Awesome. Finally, a little substance on this show. Yeah. We're making a statement now, man. If I had known that we were going to be talking about SUVs and you wanted substance, I would have read my essay I wrote called The SUV Cold War a couple of years ago. Jeff, do you have a link to that? Uh, I don't have a link, but I could read it. Is it funny? Do you have it memorized? It's, it's not very funny. In this, that case, don't read it. But is it angry, Jeff? Yeah. Is it angry, Jeff? Yeah, more or less. Jeff's the only person I know who carries all his high school essays with him. It wasn't high Ready school. Ready to pull them out and read at any time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to read you an essay I wrote on this particular subject. I, 
I'm disappointed you don't have it memorized, actually. Yeah, all right. Well, the gist of it is, gee, my my girlfriend's 15-year-old car gets better gas mileage than most SUVs. Most SUVs are not safer. They just roll over. And, you know, it's basically a cold war. People feel safer in SUVs because there are all these other big SUVs on the road. And like, uh, come on, don't escalate the conflict, dumbasses. Hey, Jeff, Carl was pretty clear when he said we didn't want to hear it, man. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks anyway. And what we do want to hear is Mark Miller laying on us a little list of all the people who are dumber than you that made the news this week. They're dumber than me. They're dumber than you. In fact, they're just plain old dumb. Mark. Thanks, Carl. i got three stories for you today. Okay. Number one, dumb guys versus ATM. ATM wins. <laughs> Two men tried to pull the front off an ATM by running a chain from the machine to the bumper of their pickup truck. Instead of pulling the panel off the machine, however, they pulled the bumper off the truck. Panicked, the two men proceeded to scream like little girls and then fled the crime scene. <laughs> of course, their bumper, along with their license plate, was still attached to the AP ATM. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Story number two. Dumb guy tries to make money the easy way. After handing a bank teller his demand note, Charles Robinson, thief in training, grabbed the easy money and ran out of the bank to his getaway car. Realizing he had forgotten the note and being a big fan of TV shows like CSI. Hey, Carl, did you see that episode where that rock star forgot to wash the back of his hands? That was so great. The rock star freaked out because he thought he was getting on his funky monkey with two chicks, but one of the chicks turned out to be a guy and that grossed out the rock star. So he killed the guy for grossing him out. Oh, my God. Meds. What Meds are you talking honey. about? <laughs> CSI, man. He, he killed the guy. He thought he was getting it on with two chicks, and turned one of them turned out to be a guy, and it grossed him out so bad, he just killed him out, killed the guy for grossing him out, right? which is legal moment. in like Vegas. And that is why I don't watch TV. What a great show that CSI is. Well, anyway, Robertson realized the note might contain incriminating evidence, so he rushed <laughs> back inside the bank. He grabbed the note and quickly raced back out to the street. <laughs> Eyewitnesses report seeing Robertson standing in front of his car, desperately patting down his pockets, apparently looking for his car keys. Of course, the keys were nowhere to be found on this mental midget because he left the keys to the getaway car in the bank when he ran in the second time to get the note. Oh, mental midget. Hey, by the way, Carl, is is it politically correct to say mental midget? What's right? Is it is it mental dwarf? Mental pygmy? Is it? Oh, I know. It's mental little person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, somehow managing to elude police, Robertson made his way home and told his roommate, whose car he had borrowed, that it had been stolen. Clearly upset by the news, the roommate called police and reported his car stolen. Within minutes, (laughs) Officer Mike Koch spotted the car just a block away from the bank. Armed with the keys left at the crime scene, Officer Koch quickly <laughs> discovered they fit the car. And it wasn't long before officers arrived at the car owner's address, found Robertson, and promptly arrested his ass. <laughs> oh, so, Mr. Robertson, you bank robin, note robin, pocket patent, key losing member of the mental lollipop guild? <laughs> you saw? I'm dumber than me. <laughs> And finally, story number three, more proof, unfortunately, than monkeys are taking over. A special weapons and tactics officer from Arizona has, is trying to get a $100,000 federal grant, which would fund a pilot program to integrate monkeys into the SWAT division of the police force. Oh, no. <laughs> That's right, Carl. I said monkeys. 
<laughs> Officer Sean Trulove said, everybody laughs about it until they really start thinking about it. And that's when you really start laughing about it, huh, <laughs> Officer Trulove? That's when you really start to laugh your ass off. <laughs> Officer Trulove explained that the monkeys could be trained to unlock doors, search buildings for police, and throw grenades on command. <laughs> I read about this. This is uh, This has so many possibilities. As you know, here in the United States, major city police departments use paramilitary SWAT teams in situations involving heavily armed criminals and hostage situations. We actually have a photo of the monkey. It's at shrinkster.com slash 4ZZ. 4Zulu Zulu. You can see this monkey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, a little dirty premature apes. to give the monkeys a fucking rocket propelled grenade okay <laughs> a little premature and look at the guy on the left he's not exactly happy he's got to share his ride with a monkey that's beautiful <laughs> all right now the arizona police department issued a statement saying We've always encouraged our police, our department members to seek creative and innovative ways to lay down the smack in our community. <laughs> Officer Trulove said, the idea came to me in a dream. Yeah, I've had that same dream. Monkeys armed to the teeth, taking over the world. <laughs> Jumping up and down with that stupid fucking grin and crapping in their diapers. But you don't see me trying to hand over my weapons to the enemy, do you? Don't you? <laughs> The capuchin monkey is considered one of the smartest primates, known oh. by many for its decades-long association with organ grinders. Capuchin <laughs> monkeys, native to southern Central America, have been used to help disabled people and are able to perform such tasks as retrieving items, serving food, and opening and closing doors. Carl. Okay. Do you see it? What? They're working their way into the very fabric of our society. <laughs> They're gaining our trust. They're watching us, finding our weakness. Waiting for the right time to attack. <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's just another desperate attempt on the part of monkeys to score some Kevlar vests, which <laughs> happens to be the last thing on their to-do list before taking over the world. <laughs> Am I the only one who sees this? Am I? <laughs> Charlton Heston, baby, if there was ever a time to launch a preemptive strike against these power-hungry primates, that time is now. <laughs> I can't hold back anymore. I'm initiating executive order 452731-B right now. And my anti-monkey followers out there know what that means. It's time to move to monkey DEFCON level 5, folks. I repeat, we are now at monkey DEFCON level 5. Oh, by the way, mo Officer Monkey Lover, you, sir, are dumber than me. Yeah. Awesome. And that's it. <sighs> I always feel spent after doing this segment. <laughs> Why is that? And now from monkeys to toys, it's Richard, the toy boy in Mississauga. Waka fucker, what the hell is that place's name? Ontario. Richard, over to you. Oh, man. Well... Our buddy Gary Stanley came through again. Gary. Mm. Gary's the man. And the first thing I'd like to point out from Gary is, you remember that piece I did, I think, a couple of shows back about the Rube Goldberg machine? Oh, yeah. 
He yep. actually found a video on the Purdue site of the machine. It's winning moves. Oh, sweet. Awesome. So it's shrinkster.com slash 502. And it's a, it's a quick time movie. And you can actually see this thing. Take the batteries out of the flashlight, load new batteries in, and turn the flashlight on. It says to help protect your security, Internet Explorer, block this site from downloading files to your computer. <laughs> <laughs> What should I do, man? I'm almost paralyzed whenever this message comes up. I stared at it for hours. I just panicked. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm downloading the fucking file, man. But if I get infected, man, I'm, I know where you live. But so he's we're not, not there. Gonna... Here it is. You got to watch it. Okay. It is pretty amazing. It looks like it's a huge. giant game of mousetrap. Did... That's what yeah. it looks like. Oh. This is mousetrap oh, played this. by adults. With ball, uh, billiard balls and pulleys and yeah, this is that competition thing, right? This is oh, that is cool. So and there some you sort go. of wheel. Okay. No, it's still doing it. No, <laughs> is that Jeff in the background? Which that guy it could behind, be Jeff. Yeah, the guy behind the 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 kid that's pointing it out with all the yeah there. <laughs> I think I'm, I think among all the Mondays people, Jeff is the only one that could possibly pull something like this off. <laughs> You know, this reminds me of a story. We can cut this out later if it turns out to be not funny. But we had a guy <laughs> in our high school that nobody liked. He was just a creepy, goofy-looking guy. And he always had this goofy, creepy smile on his face all the time. And at the end of the year, we were looking through our yearbook. And this fucker got into every single photo at the end of the yearbook, you know, of all the teams. He he just knew where they were being taken. And he snuck into every single photo. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> He's got this goofy smile. He's like, he, we're, we're like, He's not on the track team. <laughs> Anyway, he was everywhere. He was everywhere. This guy, man. I, I, yeah. Do you know in my high school yearbook, I counted how many times I was, and the only person who appears in my high school yearbook more than me is Rhonda Garvin, which makes her my nemesis. Rhonda, Rhonda, Rhonda Garvin, Rhonda Garvin, moi. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's next, Richard? <laughs> I got a next one. This is just for Karen. Oh, good. Karen, I heard you. I really heard you talking about how the SUVs affected you. And so I found your new car. And it's at shrinkster.com slash 508. By the way, I want to just point out we uh, turned over Shrinkster from 400s to 500s. Yes, we yes, did. We did. My 4ZZ That's Link was the last one, baby. How day. <laughs> oh, I love these. Uh, check it out from the fine folks at Mitsuoka. Mitsuoka Motors of oh, Japan. Wow. The micro car. Sexy. They're only five yeah. inches tall. <laughs> My kid's got one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but ours is plastic. I don't Check out the Convoy 88 model with the Kenworth grill on it. One seater. It's that got, is so it, funny, man. It looks, it, it looks like a semi-trailer, except it's 88 centimeters wide. That's like two and a half feet. You know what's cool, Richard, is when everybody else is driving the other three cars on this page, you can be that, have that one. You can really push the other little guys around with that one. <laughs> You'll be a major badass to those other three guys. <laughs> it's like a look at the asshole in the giant truck. It literally, that first one literally looks like a little Barbie car that my daughter had when she was three. Isn't that yeah, funny? It's like yeah, a Barbie golf cart. The blue one cart. looks like some, one I actually have in my driveway at the moment. So this is, you can get this in a kit? And you can build a car? And they're all USB powered, too. <laughs> <laughs> there is one model that's a kit. The other one's come built. And there's that's an awesome. electric model. There's an engine model. There's, there's a, a gas-powered model. It's more like a scooter. 
Okay. And, uh, and I I, I, but I just one. couldn't resist the Convoy 88. They have some normal cars here, too. If you look at the gallery, they have some, you know, not... Uh, not microscopic-sized yeah. cars. But uh, uh, they also have some larger photos if you're a large photo junkie like me. All right. I Speaking of USB devices, because my friend Mark Miller decided he needed a USB device... Buddy, I got a USB device for you. You cannot resist. Check out shrinkster.com slash 509. What is this radiation detector? Oh, I like That's this. That's right. It's a USB Geiger counter. Oh, man. It's a little is big, it... though. Isn't that? Well, you know, you got radiation to measure. It takes a certain amount of size. They got it in one of those Radio Shack boxes, man. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> That's cool, man. That's it's nice. It's really pretty small. I like it. Because radiation levels here have been peaking in the dangerously unsafe level ever since of the uh, the installed the the fermentation plant downstairs. But I'll talk about that more later. Okay. So of course, the first thing somebody did with this thing was they put it on an airplane to take a look at their radiation levels at altitude. Really? And found out it's really true. There's radiation at altitude. Oh my God! That explains the third nipple. <laughs> oh God! The USB Geiger counter. Now, in the area of truly, truly, truly outrageously geeky toys, I mean obscenely outrageously geeky toys, we have to turn to that mecca of geekdom, eBay. <laughs> Shrinkster.com slash 50A is an alpha. Yes, it's true. You have less than 24 hours left to buy your own X-Wing fighter. <laughs> Oh, no, Life it's real. Life-size X-Wing fighter. Holy Notice shit. Notice the buy-it-now price of a mere $85,000 US. Wow. Buy one of only eight life-size X-Wing fighters in the world. Hey, there's wow. no reserve. It's $40,000. You could place a bid now. Sure. You got a day left. So, or you could buy it now for eighty-five. Do these have yeah. anything to do with the actual props that were used in the movie? I have no idea, but I'm thinking no. It looks like it came comes with an R2 unit. It says, this particular uh, X-Wing has been yeah, spent exactly. the last several years hanging from the ceiling of an FAO Schwartz toy store in Orlando, Florida. Ah. You buy this, though, and where the hell are you going to park it? You need a garage. <laughs> you need an X-Wing garage. It's life-size. They had a competition to, about, like, who's the biggest Star Wars freak, and the guy that won is a guy who named his twins Luke and Leia. Mm. Oh, my Lord. Isn't that good? Th- that would be mean he was Darth Vader. <laughs> well, of course he won. He was using the force. He was cheating. <laughs> I, I'm shocked to find that with only a day left on the bidding, there are no bidders wow. in 10 days. No bidders at all. Wow. Hopefully, this broadcast will solve it. Yeah. Nope. So you think, let me, you know, speaking of Vader, you think after he left a room, he used the force powers and he heard anybody in the other room said, God, what an asshole. Then he came back to get him. <laughs> you think the force, is there a force power that can let you hear people talk like that about you when you leave the room? <laughs> <laughs> All is right. Is there anybody know? Yes, there is. Did someone there look is. that up for me? <laughs> What's next, man? In the category of truly, truly disturbing toys that have practical functions, I lead you to shrinkster.com slash five zero B is in Bravo. The company, vice versa. The product, a human shaped knife holder. Oh, oh my god. Oh, oh my god. Is that nasty? That is nice. horrible. 
So five different knives stuck into a knife holder shape of a human. That's get that brilliant. For, uh, awful. Lorena Bobbitt, man. <laughs> something yeah. else, isn't it? Yeah, the paring knife is in the Lorena Bobbitt position, actually. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I think that's brilliant. It is pretty awesome. It's pretty beautiful, it's- actually. It's got an elegance to it in the sort of kill me now. How much is way. it? How much can you uh, buy 40 that 40 bucks. They just bucks. started selling them. So it's not even all that expensive for that matter. But if you haven't got enough money for that, I have a toy for only $15 that will truly, truly move you. <laughs> Shrinkster.com slash five zero C is in Charlie. From those fine, fine folks at misspoppy.com, where their tagline is, what a trend we have in oh. Jesus, oh. comes the unborn baby ornament U.S. Oh. troop model. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's a model of a fetus with an M16 and a backpack. That is not real. That is real. Wait. It isn't a gag. I don't even understand Notice it. Notice the note to the confused. This is a real product from a real site. The product is a parody of sorts, but it is a real product for sale. A mere fourteen ninety five. That's insane. And notice a choice of skin tone. What? There's the white and the brown model. I don't even understand the message that's supposed to be coming out of that. Arm your babies early. What if the fetus <laughs> you were going to abort would grow up to be a soldier bringing Charlton democracy Heston. to a godless dictatorship? <laughs> Holding a firearm in his precious little hand with an assortment of military paraphernalia. You realize this is a Christmas tree ornament. You could decorate your tree with these things. Ouch. In case you guys are wondering about the true intentions of the site, there is a a, a Valentine's gift mug that says, Jesus loves my ass. Okay. Literally? (laughs) All right. I'm going to double wide. (laughs) I'm going to end off this segment with not a Japanese toy but with a Korean toy that I don't understand. And you do understand the fetus that's armed? <laughs> I'm okay with the fetus. That I get. Because at least I know how to buy it. <laughs> this one, this one's in Korean, and I don't know how to buy it, and I don't know if I want to. Shrinkster.com slash five zero D is in Delta. Editor's note. Between the recording of the show and the publication, the website changed a bit. So you can check out a mirror of the original that uh, everybody was looking at at shrinkster.com slash 50T. Uh, if you follow the Shrinkster link that Richard gave, you'll end up with the current version, which is not nearly as interesting. It's one page. It's summarized well. The product is Touch Dick. I was just going to say the <laughs> site is Touch Dick. Touch Dick, that's the product. Dick. It's for the Nintendo DS. It has a hand, a finger. I don't know what it does. It's in Korean. I don't know how to buy one. I don't know if I want to. What is this? You're probably okay without the product. I would assume. <laughs> Richard, the instructions are quite clear. <laughs> I'm not getting any ambiguity in this. One little finger pointing down. Oh, oh man. man. What does it mean? Whoa. Hang on a sec, guys. I did a translation of Touch Dick. It says, Good's life, Touch Dick, it sprouts tick, right? It has a whole bunch of stuff that's completely unintelligible, except one that says, Confrontation emphysema. Oh. <laughs> 
Nintendo DS. Do you suppose that this is somehow some sort of stop smoking aid for your Nintendo DS that involves <laughs> masturbation, maybe? I don't know. Or is it a hernia tester? Right, or maybe it's that thing that Cough you insert, now. the rape prevention thing. Remember oh, that? that was horrible. <laughs> and it gives you Things emphysema. Like touch dick to sprout tick. You know, it took me hours of therapy to remove that rape prevention thing from my hospital. <laughs> Lots of hypnotherapy. Thanks a lot, Karen, for bringing it up again. And just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, Mark Miller comes back with... Amazing Tales of Pooh. Also known as number two. Yeah, that's right. We thought this segment was dead, but Mark decided to resurrect it tonight for some godforsaken reason. What do you got, Mark? <laughs> well, like you said, Carl, you thought it was safe to go back in the water, but not anymore. Go to shrinkster.com slash 504. Got a little visual tale for you. Don't worry. If you're a faint of heart, it's not going to be scary. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see this. It's a it's a plumber, and uh, he, he's painted onto the door of his truck. A picture of uh, the the bottom waist of a guy sitting on a toilet. Oh my it's lord! Comfortable and, living and specialist. The shirt matches the same uniform shirt color that he's wearing, and he's waving That's out the window. Great. So everybody does a double take as this thing drives by him. That's awesome. That is awesome. I just think it's so funny. All right, on to story number two. So you got to do that one. Go if you if you're listening in, on the drive into work, you got to go to five oh four. It's definitely worth the uh, the view. Uh, uh, normal and by the way, Carl, you can probably link to that from our site too. Sure, right? we can do that. Yeah, okay. Uh, story number two: poo poo power. Researchers at Penn State, working in cooperation with a scientist from Ion Power Inc., have developed a microbial fuel cell that can turn fresh poopy into hydrogen. According to Penn State, mm. the new process can get up to four times as much hydrogen straight out of the poopy biomass than what we can than what can typically be generated by fermentation alone. Now, Carl, I can tell you this is significant news because I've got a poopy fermentation plant downstairs in the basement, and as you all know, it takes a lot of poopy to keep all the technology here running continuously without the brownouts. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Gotta watch out for those brownouts. <laughs> Dr. Bruce Logan, co-inventor of the process, says that the increase in power is made possible by injecting small amounts of electricity into the poopy at just the right time. We've got a picture of this guy uh, at shrinkster.com slash 503. 503. I love it when we're only in numbers at shrinkster.com. And here you can see, this is Dr. Bruce Logan here working with uh, his invention. <laughs> Zapping poo-poo with electricity. That's, a, that's the greatest invention since the USB turd. Which, by the way, we also have a picture of. If you go to uh, shrinkster.com slash 505, you can see a picture of what I consider, of course, the greatest invention of all time for the computer. The USB, USB turd. turd. <laughs> so, you know, Richard, you're not the only one who can come up with cool toys, buddy. <laughs> That's amazing, man. I haven't quite figured out how you play with this, but don't worry about how you get it off the keyboard. But, <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> but there it is. Of course, Dr. Logan is quick to downplay the technology as a solution to the world's energy problem, saying that there just is not enough biomass waste to sustain a global hydrogen economy. 
<laughs> yeah, that'd be just the kind of thing that for a doctor to say, man. I mean, he, he clearly hasn't been over to our place on burrito night. <laughs> and Carl, that completes this week's Amazing Tales of Pooh. <laughs> awesome, man. And as we have been doing as of late, Mark Miller is going to take us out with the names he's been called this week. Over Thanks, to you, Mark. Carl. Well, you know, I have a few, few things to say before I, you know, go into the names. Number one, to the guy who called me back pimple popper. Yeah, so what, man? So what? And, and, and you, the other guy, you know who you are. The guy who said, call me a butt nipple scratcher. What's a, what's a butt nipple? There's no such thing. I looked it up. All right. <laughs> and, and what about what about vagicidal lubricant? What the fuck is that? <laughs> All right. Sorry, I was a little bit upset. Do it to the music. Ah, poop fermentation plant janitor. <laughs> Flop house roach killer. Custard pie fucker. <laughs> wasn't that bad. Come on. <laughs> Cheese puller. <laughs> Prepubescent micro dick. <laughs> Sounds like a Michael Jackson fantasy, man. <laughs> Trollop. Brown eye monocle wearer. <laughs> Frelling dren. <laughs> Strep throat liquor. Plulippy uh, uh, lover. <laughs> And Mr. Snazzy Pants. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, to everyone who helped with Mondays. That would be Karen Greenwald, Mark Miller, Richard Campbell, Jeff Maciolik, myself, Carl Franklin from New London, Connecticut, saying, have a good week. Love each other, but for God's sakes, get a room first. 